0: That's that's awesome. Let's give them a hand one more time. <clears throat> They're a very expensive guest artist. Now I don't know about you guys, but uh I, I have been really enjoying our our sermon series on prophecy. It's just been very uh uh, just very, really good for my soul, I guess, uh, and, and just diving into that and, and just really kind of diving into what, what is prophecy, what is to come, and it gets me excited, it gets me thinking about, about those things. And, and today we're going to take a break from that. <laughs> um, I have a stool here for my benefit, not for yours uh if you can't tell, I'm I'm not feeling very well today, but uh I am I'm energized by the Spirit and uh you know we we just recently had a, a sermon uh series on church back in September. And if you'll recognize the the banners here from that, uh, and that's why they're here. Sorry, sorry for my Christmas in October folks. Thanks, Greg. I need that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm covering up their their beautiful display. Are you guys excited for Christmas in October next week? Yeah. If you, didn't, if you didn't notice, uh, for those of you that are, that are new here to faith, that's just something that we do to bless our missionaries. It's something that we like to give gifts, their Christmas gifts early, um, and you have a chance to do that through your Sunday school class, or you can just drop it off in the mailbox, literally on the back table in the foyer. But we just want to give them a blessing because they are they're out there doing the Lord's work in foreign countries and at danger sometimes, and we just want to let them know that we love them. And it's just a chance for us as a church to to gather, to glorify God through our giving. So that's next week, but uh, bringing back back these banners, uh, this is the the purpose statement for Faith Community Church. The elders uh, met and and just really tried to figure out. And and we we went through this recently in September. What, What is our purpose as a church? Uh, and they, through scripture and, and just reading and praying and and just hearing from, from God, they, they came to this, that FCC exists to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. And sometimes it's really hard to, to just say, okay, yeah, I know what that means. But I, I think we really need to go in to have clarity to define what, what does this mean for us. Uh, so today, my goal is that we would at least define what and fruitfulness means. Okay? Everybody with me? (laughs) Okay. Um, So I'm going to excite you. Uh, This morning we only have two main points in the teaching time. So it could be a short sermon or it can be a long sermon. (laughs) So uh, I just want to let you know that uh, I've been wrestling with this all week. Uh, the Lord has just really worked in my heart in this. And, and I feel like I have a grasp of what, what he wants me to say. Uh, sometimes as a topical sermon, that's what this is. This is a topical sermon. I'm teaching about what is fruitfulness. And, and I, I could really take things out of context. I, I could use scripture to twist the meaning and make it fit what I want it to fit. Uh, and I know that we've probably seen Preachers do that, haven't we? For instance, I I could go and say, okay, when's the first time we see the word fruit or fruitfulness in the Bible? Well, we go to Genesis 1. Okay, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. God says to them, be fruitful and multiply. So I can say, okay, that's part of our and fruitfulness. So if you're not procreating, you're not in God. And I'd be dead wrong, church. And I'd be an awful teacher if I said that. My wife and I are gladly doing that, though. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, almost here, so (laughs) she does not know I was going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) But in the same way, we are to be fruitful and make disciples, is really the linear parallel. To that. And that's what, we're going to talk about that today, but we're also going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. As you heard from the kids that led us, I hope that song gets stuck in your head. <laughs> I saw some of you like, like moving around, kind of grooving to it, and that's really cute. I hope it gets stuck in your head, because it's worth memorizing. Sometimes we can use songs to memorize scripture, and it's just a blessing to our hearts, right? Um, so this morning, I have two main points, like I said. They are the fruits of the Holy Spirit and then cooperation with the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's what we're talking about today. Now, I want to take a moment and just just recognize that everyone in here, we're on the same spectrum. From from seed to fruit-bearing tree. That's what you see here, this illustration. It's a spectrum, if you will, of where we are as as Christians. Some of us are our seeds. There's potential of of life within us. Um, And that life, we're talking about spiritual life. We're talking about accepting Jesus as our Savior. Now, if you haven't done that yet, you're you're a seed. You, You haven't yet burst forth and seen that little green shoot come out of you. Waiting for everyone to look around and see if other people have green sheets coming out of them. <laughs> but, but that's where you are. And, and some of you are, are young seedlings. You've, you've accepted Christ as Lord. You're new to this, this, this area of life where you're, you're giving God the glory instead of taking it for yourself. And you're trying to understand, what am I supposed to do? And you're, you're beginning to read into the word and to gain understanding. And some of us are applying the spiritual gifts that we have and and we're we're on that track to bearing fruit. So we're all on the same spectrum. We're just at different places. So so today I just want to I want to give some basics and I hope to also give some meat too. Nothing like a big juicy ribeye, right? Sorry vegans. I am not. <laughs> so we as a church we exist to equip everyone for spiritual maturity and fruitfulness. So I have three passages of scripture. I want you to go ahead and turn to your Bibles or turn to your iPhone or Android app and and pull this out. We're going to go and look at John 15. We're going to look at Galatians 5.22 and 23. Galatians 5. And Colossians chapter 1. If you do not have a, a physical Bible with you, I, I hope that there's one right in front of you underneath the chair that you can reference to. If it's nearby, ask a neighbor to get it for you if they're not using it. And, and please just go ahead and turn to it. This is God's word. It's, it's, it's alive. It is bringing life to you as you read it. Let's go ahead. Let's pray. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll continue in this time. Oh God, I just come before you now as, as a humble man, just asking you to continue to just pour through me. Uh, use me as conduit. I am a, a willing vessel for you. Lord, help me to not say anything stupid. Help me to just speak the truth. And that is specifically your word. And how you've just been pouring into me all week. Lord, help us as a body to come away with understanding peel away layers from our minds so that we can just gain understanding and and see how we can apply this in our lives as we walk with you and not against you. We ask this in in your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> so for those of you that are that are Baby Christians, you're, you're new to this. I just want to give some basic definition because we're going to talk a lot today about the Holy Spirit. And I remember when I was a baby Christian, uh, I, I was like, Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is this? Some of you might know him as the Holy Ghost in uh, the famous doxology praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, But the Holy Spirit, let's let's define who this is, who we're talking about. The Holy Spirit is God. He was not a created being. He was with God and is God in the beginning. We reference that, we see that in Genesis 1.1 right away. Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. He is a person in that Trinity. And he has a specific duty and purpose and actions for us as well. He is the primary player in bringing a lost person to salvation. Don't get this confused with the act that Jesus did on the cross. Jesus bore our sin and paid for it on the cross. And through the power of the Father was raised from the dead. But the Holy Spirit is working now in our lives today to persuade our souls that Jesus is Lord. I call him the conscious convincer, the person persuader. Think of your own alliterations, if you will, but uh, that's what I came up with. He's also not done. <clears throat> I, I think, you know, just as I wrestle with this, I, I think the Holy Spirit could be just satisfied with bringing us to, to know Jesus and just be done. He didn't have to do anything else. But he's working in our lives today to continue to grow us on this this spectrum. And we see throughout the the Bible all the illustrations about gardens and fruits and farming. That was like the first job that man had was to farm. (laughs) It's pretty cool. So today, when we talk about fruit, as the kids pointed out, we're not talking about bananas we're not talking about oranges or tomatoes. We're really talking about character. Characteristics of God. Let's turn to Galatians 5. As you'll note, I, I don't have any slides up for you this morning. Because I want you to be in the word. I don't want you to, to be distracted and start reading the rest of the Galatians or any other part of it. Let's be focused in on what we're reading to do today as one body. But uh, we're in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. <clears throat> but the fruit of the Spirit is, you guys want to sing it? <laughs> is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Paul is, uses the whole book of Galatians to write to this church. He's writing to a church and he's telling them, hey, you are trying to make use of the Jewish law, the Old Testament law, and you're using it kind of against yourself in a way. You will be judged by the law if you adhere to that. But Christ came to set you free from the law. That's why he includes it there. The law is not against such things. He's trying to draw them in and let them know: if you shine these characteristics in your life—love, joy, peace—these are things from the Holy Spirit. And if you are in the Holy Spirit, these things will reflect back to others. Isn't that beautiful? I I think of it as like a mirror. We are—we are supposed to be a walking mirror. To people around us. We're we're supposed to be walking around. And when people see us, they see the reflection of God's image purely. They see it through our actions. Through our love for one another. Through the joy that we have in knowing Christ. Through the peace that's in our heart. Knowing that we have eternal salvation. Through the gentleness in how we speak and act towards one another. Through our self-control when we don't grab all the ice cream at 10 o'clock at night. Like some of us might do. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> but we are to reflect God's character. And that's what we're talking about here when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit is definitely, we can, we can talk about blueberries and strawberries and, and get hungry right now. But we're talking about a result of something. Something that when we are plugged into Christ, this is a byproduct of that everybody with me okay <clears throat> now I want to propose something to you that may be scandalous everybody looked up <laughs> it might be uh, you might you might hear this term and you might think oh no where is he going with this I'm gonna use it and it's called common grace heard of this heard of this common grace this is the thinking that mankind is is you know underneath the Lord right now and that all mankind is experiencing grace for instance hey we all get to experience rain sometimes heavier than others sometimes lighter but it's refreshing from the rain crops are produced and we get to experience that we get to Eat those crops that are produced. We get to experience this grace on a hot summer day when a nice gentle breeze comes and cools us off, or for some of us when we have AC. I I just ask this question: Are the fruits of the spirit common grace to all mankind? Stephen, when I was not saved, I experienced love. I loved my parents. I loved my friends. I had peace in my heart about what I was doing. I had self-control. I didn't eat all the chocolate in the house. You guys can tell what I struggle with, right? (laughs) I got a sweet tooth, man. Holy moly. But as an unsaved person, you can experience those things. And I would just just argue that that could be a common grace. Because we know in hell, Jesus tells us, in hell, there will be what? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you see love, joy, peace in that phrase anywhere? Now, the sermon is not about common grace. We're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, reflecting God's character. In hell, there will be no reflection of God's character. Let's just make that clear. Here on earth, we are called to do that. We are called to reflect his character. How? Well, we're called to abide in Christ. Let's turn to John 15. The context of this passage, we just studied it as a church this year. This whole this whole gospel of John. It's my, one of my favorite books. I think my favorite book in the Bible. And this is... Here's the setting. We're in the upper room. The night that Jesus is about to be betrayed. And he knows it's coming. Right? He knows he's about to be betrayed. And his last night on earth, he decides to like, leave the disciples with all this meat and knowledge and understanding of the will. And halfway through, you can kind of see the disciples' eyes just kind of get glazed over. Poor Thomas, he gets such a bad rap in chapter 14, right? He's done. <laughs> Lord, how will we know the way? No wonder the disciples fell asleep in the garden. Jesus gave him a whole lot of meat. And they couldn't handle it. But they remembered it once he was gone. Chapter 15. I am the true vine, says Jesus, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Christian, do you experience suffering in your life and feel like it just came out of nowhere? I would say to you this, be encouraged. That means you're doing the right thing. As 1 Peter 4 also points to this, you are Being pruned so that you will become more fruitful. And you're also being asked to turn towards the Lord in that time. Rely on him and his understanding and his strength. Rest in him. Abide in Christ. Why? Let's continue. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus then says, remain in me and I in you not if you remain in me then i will remain in you it's it's a cohesive action remain in me i in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine neither can you unless you remain in me and then Jesus repeats himself he says i am the vine this is the only time in the i am statements that he repeats himself You are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. We're talking about fruitfulness. We're talking about bearing the image of Christ because we have to be plugged into Christ to be able to do that. We cannot, we're not a faulty image bearer. Can't fake it, Jesus says. You have to rest in him. Well, Stephen, how do I do that? Well, are you in God's word? So one of the struggles that I have is every day, outside of like my normal study time and prep time and college seminary work, I have I struggle with just going into the Word for my own benefit, something that's not of that. Sometimes I try to seek fulfillment uh, through the work that I do, and it's just like, okay, I'm getting fed by this, but I also just desire to to read on my own. Are you, are you plugged into the word of God? We said this is, this is life. The words fly off the page and should penetrate our hearts. If we're plugged into Jesus, it means that we are reading his word. And I use this illustration in the 830 service, and I, I think it, it really adheres. Memorizing scripture is not something to be frowned upon. It is joyful to do that. Here's why. I remember uh, one one instance where I had to I was working with uh, one of my pianists at a church. Not here. This was I was baby baby minister. Some of you might be like Stephen, you're still a baby. <laughs> I was 18, and my pianist had Alzheimer's. And I remember two things about that. She could play the piano like it was easy to her. She she had that muscle memory. And she knew scripture. Because in her life, she memorized the scripture. She was abiding in Christ. There's nothing more beautiful to me. Well, let me rephrase that. It is a very beautiful thing. When someone that has a feeble mind and their mind is breaking, yet they can still call on the word of Christ out loud. I don't wish this upon you, but if you do have Alzheimer's, I hope that's you. That you are able to call on the word of God in that time and say the truth and the the hope that comes from that. That is a legacy worth striving for in this world that glorifies the Lord when we do that. Now I'm not saying if you know someone that has Alzheimer's and their mind is gone already and they can't do that, that they didn't live a fruitful life. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's very beautiful to me when the Lord let me see that. Speaking of, of legacy, it was, it was very beautiful to me when her husband passed away. And at the funeral, I was expecting, you know, like the church to be there and the family to be there. Y'all, this whole room would have been filled up. Every seat taken. Every chair we have in the gym would have been filled. There were over a 1,000 people at this funeral, and her husband was fruitful. He made it his mission to make disciples, to let people know that Christ cared about them. Is it wrong to to want to desire that kind of legacy for us? I would love to, when I pass from this world, that I'm known for that. I really would. Maybe that's wrong. I hope I don't outlive everybody. (laughs) And no one comes. But my hope is that at my funeral, it is a celebration of what God has done through me. Not of the works that I did, but from the Lord. And that I will stand before him, and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did wonderful with the gifts that I gave to you. Being fruitful in Jesus means that we worship Him, and we pray to him. We worship Him not only with our lips, but with our hearts, with our actions. Yes, you can worship Jesus by giving someone some water. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> but it's a form that you can do to, to worship the Lord. You can worship the Lord by going down to Florida and saving your father's house. What a beautiful testimony of a family uniting to do work. And we can worship and be fruitful in Jesus when we pray to him. You know, right now, the Lord has ascended to heaven and he is at the right hand of God, praying and interceding on our behalf. And we take it for granted. I take it for granted. I, I miss out on that. When I wake up, I, want to, I should be able to say, man, the Lord's praying for me right now. He's praying for me to be, to be used in a way that would glorify him today to bring others to Christ, that he is a divine appointment for me with someone today. And it's my job to cooperate with him. Sometimes it's hard to do that, right? It's hard to say, yes, Lord. It's really easier to say, why me, Lord? (laughs) Not me. I'm too scared. I may not have the right words to say. I've said that. Recently, I was in Walmart. Everybody loves Walmart, right? I was in Walmart. And you know, I don't know if you function like this, but I had a list. And I was on a mission. I was ready. I was going through Walmart. I was on a tear because I had stuff to do. And I was missing out. Because I was passing through the aisles so just in a frenzy, I missed a brother in Christ who's here today. I missed him, and he texted me. He said, hey, where are you at? And I didn't even hear the phone go off. I was so in tune with, I got to get laundry detergent. Got to get that bacon. It's on my list. And he snuck up behind me and scared me half to (laughs) death. And I was so focused on that. Guys, I was missing out. The Lord, you I, and we had a wonderful conversation right there in the middle of Walmart. People were like, you know, kind of felt awkward as they walked between us and around us because we're talking about spiritual things. But, but don't miss out on divine appointments with each other and with people that may be an unbeliever. We are equipped uniquely in this culture to witness to those that are not believers. For instance, I'll, I'll say this. You guys know that movies come out. Movies are a thing that people talk about. Sports are things that people talk about. Oh, but Stephen, those are not of the Lord. We shouldn't watch them. We shouldn't partake in them. Well, how are you going to connect to the culture around you? I watched all the Marvel movies so far, the superhero movies. I, I kind of like them. I'm a nerd. <laughs> But if I watch them for entertainment, that's one thing. But if I watch them to see the message that's within the movie, or the themes that are present, and I can use that to talk to someone about Jesus, I'm going to use it. I tell you what, every movie that is made, they steal it from the Bible. You can look at it. The themes of redemption, right here. A savior, right in this word. Greed, yeah, that's in here too. It's not to be looked over. We're to learn from it. Lust, King David. All those things are in movies, and we can connect them to the Bible, and we can reach people with that. We are uniquely equipped in today's day and age to bring people to Christ. And let them make a decision. It's not up to us whether or not we save a person. That's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He is the primary player in bringing a lost person to salvation. And in doing so, we will eventually be able to make disciples. It's what we're called to do. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28... Says, go therefore and make disciples. That's the fruitfulness that we're talking about. Do you want to look like a big apple tree? I do. I would love for that. I want to be a Fuji apple tree, though. No, no Granny Smiths for me. I'm strictly Fuji. Let's look at a uh, not very well-known and well-talked-about uh, disciple maker. Let's turn to Colossians one. <clears throat> this is Paul speaking; Timothy probably writing on Paul's behalf, right here. And uh, this is Paul writing to the Colossian church. He's never met these people. We just we went through this book in uh, in August, so I won't labor on. I'm going to skip ahead. To verse 4. Colossians 1, verse 4. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learn this. From Epiphras, our dearly loved and faithful servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the spirit. Rarely do we get to talk about this man. We always talk about like Peter, Paul. There's not much really written about him. But we know that in this church he was a dearly loved man because He was a faithful minister of Christ. He reflected, we can infer that he reflected the characteristics of God, the fruits of the Holy Spirit to the people of this church and the people of that community. Take note of one thing. Verse 5 and and 6. The hope and the word of the truth, the gospel, that is what bears fruit. The gospel, it is bearing fruit and growing all over the world. It is blossoming in others around us. And it's not done. I remember what John said yesterday. It was kind of funny, but it's true. Our God is so patient. He is waiting for the last person to accept him to begin the rapture. Be encouraged. That means we're not done. We're here for a purpose. Right now, our purpose is to continue on this track until that day comes. I was so thankful for that reminder. It's kind of funny because he said, so why are you holding us up? Who's here? <laughs> it was great. I loved it. But all this talk about fruit, I know we're getting hungry. We're getting towards lunchtime. But we need to talk about how are we to be fruitful. Well, some of us are parents, Parents, we have a huge responsibility that we cannot look over. We are to teach our children about God, about the Lord Jesus Christ, what he's done for us. We are not saving them. Our faith does not save our children. Again, the Holy Spirit works in their hearts. But we are to model a life worth following in our children they should look at us and say i want to be like dad i want to be like mom because they reflect god's image that's powerful powerful things and just a note if your kids don't turn out and follow jesus you are not a failure you are not a failure and if there's someone that tells you you are a failure look them in the eye and say you're wrong it is up to the Holy Spirit to save, not me. Another way that we can be fruitful, a lot of us have coworkers, right? You can have that water cooler talk with them and introduce concepts in the Bible. Intermingle them with the culture that is around us. Hey, did you see that movie the other day? Man, that was so cool. Yeah, did you see the theme of redemption in it? Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, there was redeeming in there. Yeah. I wonder where they got that from. I think they got it from this story. We can be fruitful in inviting them if they have questions. Hey, I want to invite you. Come to my small group. Hey, come to, come to my Bible study. No judgment. Hey, why don't you come to church? If you haven't been before, what have you got to lose? Maybe one of you is here today who's taken that challenge. This is your first time in church. Welcome. You made it through the sermon. <laughs> but maybe you have questions, too. How do I apply this to my life? How am I supposed to bear fruit? Am I supposed to grow bananas? No. <laughs> Some takeaways for this morning. Christian, believer in Christ, are we reflecting God's character to the world around us? Are we reflecting love, joy, peace? guys know the rest right church are you this is a check for me too am i are we on the spectrum to make disciples someday some of you are already making disciples that's great make more Some of us are not yet ready to do that. We're still trying to figure out our gifts. Some of us are baby Christians. We're not yet there. But are you on the track to make disciples? Are you growing in Christ, in the knowledge of his will, and understanding? If you are, praise the Lord. He is doing a work in you, and you are being used to glorify him. And we should praise the the God of creation for that. Those of you that are, are baby Christians or seeds, do you have a mentor? Do you have someone that you can confide in and talk about things you're wrestling with? I would encourage you to, to have that. It's so vital to growth, to be able to talk just openly. Hey, I have this question. What's this? What's that? And lastly, are you cooperating with the Holy Spirit? Is He calling you to do something more with the life that you have been given? Again, these are Fair questions. They may be hard to hear. But I think they're worth asking. A mentor asks those questions of you when you meet with them. They ask the hard questions because they need to be asked. But churches are not all doom and gloom and all that stuff. We're not trying to make you feel guilty or anything. Just trying to help you reflect on your own heart and where the Lord is is guiding you. A lot of times we we can attribute guilt into a message and that's not the point here. We as a church want to equip you to be fruitful, not to be guiltful. I want to just speak a blessing over you as we end our worship service this morning. Can you stand up? This is from Ephesians chapter 3. Right in the middle of this book to the church in Ephesus, Paul writes to them a beautiful prayer of spiritual blessing. I'd like to just read it to you as we go from here. Hear these words and, and be blessed. Be blessed. Paul writes, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height, and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Church, be blessed today and forevermore. Thank you.